0: You know my my what i'm looking forward to for new york comic-con what seeing if tom king remembers me and and the wet handshake he gave me
1: yeah that is cool hey listen can you do me a favor no yeah when you see tom king can you talk about me so much that he's almost like questions the nature of our relationship or whether or not i'm real
0: yeah what do you want me to call you you call me mr now that you're married
1: just, just like talk about Jeff so much. Tell him, just sure. tell him about stories of Jeff. What I quotes I say. Do stuff. I'm not
0: even going to set you up with who you are in my life. Uh-huh. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna enter it as if assume he, he knows, as if the fact that we're Facebook friends means that he knows who you are. Yeah, well, he's even though pictures. he's a Twitter guy, not a Facebook guy,
1: he's got to have seen the pictures. I don't know.
0: I don't post them on Twitter. He's, he's got a Twitter man.
1: He's, but he's been on the internet. Everyone has seen the pictures. You know, That's true. If you're on the internet, you've seen the pictures. Okay. All right. Picture
0: of us in those robes. It's classic. It's a good
1: one. It's a classic photo, Django. It's a good one. They will show photographs of that photograph for generations to come.
0: I believe it. I know it's true.
1: something uh oh. professional and, and robust <laughs> <laughs>
0: sounds familiar
1: yes uh hi how hell oh
0: <laughs> i don't even have to interrupt him anymore ladies and gentlemen he does it himself hi
1: dear did listeners you, did you
0: see the oh did I but see i can what? if i want
1: did i see what nothing welcome to the perfectly acceptable podcast hosted by the comics Jeff. place presents <laughs> listen Right before we started this, I told Django, this is going to be professional and robust. And I stand by that. So uh, I want you to be robust listening to that. Um, this is a podcast about comic books by two people who run a comic book shop together, Django and Jeff. And sometimes we answer questions from my mom about my favorite sexual position.
0: Dude, I can't believe you like that one. But to each, like- to each his own.
1: To, to each, a- his to each own. their own listen it's, what it's i do a team, with them it's
0: a team sport but what
1: i do with a melon baller and the privacy of my own home has nothing to do with you and the judge of the gaze gaze of your judgment eyes <laughs> um listen, i don't want
0: to talk about ballers in any way shape or form
1: right now Jeff. except for the show by the rock listen oh, that's not why we're here we're here all. for comic books because comic books are wonderful we have a unique insight into the world of comic books as co-retailers django Retailer thought of the week. Go.
0: Oh gosh. Series codes. They're so fucked. Also. Okay. Here's my real retailer thought of the week. Mm -hmm. Don't stop making glow in the dark covers. Dear publishers. I love your glow in the dark covers. Keep it up.
1: So that is a retailer thought coming from a a personal space of fandom. So that was, that was actually really great. We got, we got insightful. uh, And yeah, an insight into the small child that still lives inside of Django. Jeff retailer thought of the week. Go um retailer thought no,
0: no 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 no, retailer thought of the month oh retailer of, thought of the little month little fucking coward uh
1: i mean because retailer thought of the week is definitely rooted in bar. the bar yeah and the the state of downtown um <laughs> in bellingham which is a real bummer wednesday brought forth many bummers this week but we're talking retailer thought <clears throat> of the month i mean this isn't an actionable thing but uh the the last month has has been me being kind of face to face with the difficulties presented by a publisher leaving one distributor and going to another distributor Mm. and that has manifested in the like pain that it becomes to try and order graphic novel restocks and like the time frames with which the things are available where they didn't move everything all at once but then also just the different dates with which things are being solicited at the foc when we get a chance to change our orders um for books like image specifically moved from uh diamond to lunar but it didn't just happen all at once and we had done all these pre-orders so it's been this like piecemealing together which books are available from diamond at what point and which ones are available from lunar at which point they're not being listed at the same time and uh, there's been double ordering of things, nothing too bad. But like that's been my thought of the month. And I think it should be getting better in like two yeah. weeks. But anytime it happens, um, the, the spots where that causes problems, you learn new ones and they kind of slowly become apparent. So it's, yeah, that's my retailer thought of the month.
0: Hard hard to predict and hard to fix on the fly.
1: Yeah. 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 Logistical, logistical hurdles. And also I developed this problem in the last... A little while where any time I say beef, I fart afterwards. So Back uh,
0: on track. Back to the Comics Place. Back to the Comics Place. Acceptable podcast. Yeah,
1: beef. (laughs) Uh, No, but that's not what you came here for. You came here for this.
2: Hello, and happy episode 329. That's a man who was relaxing. Boy, how about that voicemail last week? I honestly thought maybe after sending that one (laughs) that I would never... Uh, top it, and I don't know if I can. I think I'm drawing uh, a complete blank. I'm asking my family, "What should I? What should I ask?" And Penny's throwing out old ideas like, "What's the best super pet?" And I've definitely asked that before. Um, and Sarah brought home a broom from Trader Joe's this week Whoa. that smells like cinnamon, and she wants me to ask uh, if you guys had your, if your significant other brought home a broom, what would you want it to smell like? Oh. Um, so this is a quali- high quality of questions that we get <laughs> after uh, I got to ask that question with the Kipster last after week. After a high bar? Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't really have anything good, but I do want to just write in and say um, you guys are amazing. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome.
1: I would he like didn't Even say the episode number, motherfucker. It's 329, thank god. Nice. Um, uh, mine my answer would be like uh, if we're going by Bath and Body Works scent iconography, uh fresh balsam, which is a mm. lovely pine scent that during the autumnal season breath, Bath, Bath and Body Works has and I I stock up on a lot of the 3 wick candles. And
0: and Bath and Body Works just kind of smells like that when you walk in during that season, right?
1: Of, of yeah a mixture for sure yeah. yeah
0: i i would probably say black
1: licorice mm, i like that wow yeah. or or like my mom's cooking Django you never cease to amaze you never cease to amaze Django wow have you
0: have you peeled off any of the the fingernail polish like the gel polish from your wedding
1: well, I didn't get the gel. I just got the like the clear coat on it.
0: Powder Yeah, I, I was scared the by the idea.
1: She said it lasts a couple weeks, and that kind of scared me.
0: Yeah, it lasts a couple weeks, and in order to make it last a couple weeks, they have to like Dremel off the top layer of your nail for grip. Wow. And so I've been taking slowly taking off all the nail polish um, from my thumbnail, and it's like I just have the roughest like nails on a chalkboard fingernail which is like some sort of fingernail inception going on it right because you're usually weird.
1: very soft-handed
0: yeah and i usually have like fingernails that feel like fingernails instead of sandpaper
1: that's right listener Django was one of my broomsmen and we got uh we all got nail polish Old
0: on smelling broomsman
1: oh Django! transformers number one came out from image comics this week uh written and drawn by our <laughs> Favorite cartoonist, one of them, uh, D.W.J. Daniel Warren Johnson. Uh, this had colors by Mike Spicer and letters by Russ Wooten. Django, you know my excitement for this book. The listeners lo- know that I love Transformers. I gotta be honest. I don't. I can't say exactly why I love Transformers. I did not grow up watching the show. I came across the 80s movies at some point, movie at some point in my life. And that's what I fell in love with. And I got really into Beast Wars. I have not watched all of G1. You know, I love it. I love the toys so much. Uh, But this is like the most loyal adaptation in comics I've ever seen of the voices from the television show. Like I heard them. Um, it, It is this is just such a wonderful start to a transformers comic at image comics rather than being idw where it's been forever where they're all um rooted in this kind of deeply political dry not very interesting world and yeah this is just i i loved it django but no one is surprised to hear that what did you think of this
0: man i like the transformers toys a lot it's because they're so cool yeah and i like the character designs a lot i like daniel warren johnson a lot I don't I don't really love the Decepticons being evil. Yeah. I like them being the bad guys to the Autobots, but just the yeah. bad guys to the Autobots, like I used to play with in the ditch where they're like punching each other and then going home when when somebody loses. Like Yeah. This is fucking asshole Decepticons and yeah. full on war and I guess that's what the Transformers always was. I just never
1: really Treated it like that in my brain? Yeah, I mean they like murder Optimus Prime. Like they're they're super evil.
0: Not when I was playing with the toys.
1: Oh sorry, the ditch. The ditchy. You know what I mean? Like yeah, like yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I i yeah, was yeah.
0: never really a Transformers TV show guy. I was never really a Transformers movie guy. I read some of the Marvel comics, but even those are like, oh, you Decepticons are being buttheads. We're gonna roll out and yeah. shoot at you. And I don't know. It, it was just an adjustment for me.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: um, I liked it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but having like actual warmongering Transformers is not what I love. And they shoot, they shoot Bumblebee, Bumblebee. right in the head him. right out of the gate. I'm like, man, this guy keeps getting fucked for a dude with his own movie. He keeps getting fucked.
1: Yeah, apparently they talk to Daniel Warren Johnson. They're like, he has enough uh publicity and stuff you can kill him that's not going to hurt his <laughs> it's not going to hurt him
0: i mean i'm sure i'm sure he'll be back
1: but yeah
0: um I, I did i i always have some questions about like okay these guys just landed on earth they've been crash landed for a long time i think why do they look like modern trucks and and cassette decks uh what? i'll allow it oh allow yeah. it i i really enjoyed reading the comic and i think daniel warren johnson is one of my favorite like independent creators, who's been unleashed on a capital P property.
1: Yeah, and, for sure. Uh,
0: I'm I, like I'm in. I'm gonna watch them and or read this until till I can't read no more.
1: Well, Django, I don't want to end on that note, so I'm gonna gush just a little bit more about. Yeah, it. yeah, okay? yeah. So I do think the the voices are incredible, and I do think ta- or Daniel Warren Johnson is is doing some of the most awesome Transformers art I've ever seen. The way that he's Able to do fight sequences with with him is mm-hmm. fantastic. Like he's doing, there's a you know a page where they're doing like a wrestling suplex. Uh, yeah, there's some very good like combat. Um, I I love that. There's like also a wonderful like it's very loyal to the original designs and the action figures. And then there are these great uh, panels of like showing the transformation, you know, between forms, which I think is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And I like the characters a lot. I like that we're getting a spike that's different than the spike we've seen a ton.
0: Dude, the the shot of Ratchet kicking Starscream in the in the shoulder. Yeah. Like, just the, the, the body language on that is super cool. Like, I feel like he, yeah. he took some some notes from the Kyle Baker Transformers from the the late 80s, early 90s. Because a lot I've never, of the I've never body seen Kyle language Baker.
1: here... Kyle Baker, do Transformers.
0: Yeah, he did. He did some of the, the early issues, at least inked them. And, and there's some definite kind of Kyle Baker shapes on these panels.
1: I really like the way that this touched with Void Rivals, because like Jetfire woke up on that planet because of Void Rivals. And he was like, oh, shit, I got to be somewhere. And this is where he got to. And he's the one that yeah. like woke them up here. So it was like just touching it. I really like, you know, the interaction between Transformers and that. But yeah, this has got me uh, more excited about a comic than I've been in a long time. Uh, Really excited. Can't wait for even Duke and Cobra Commander, particularly Cobra Commander from how they've described it. Um, Very excited about that. This whole like I'm excited to be reading a G.I. Joe comic, which is kind of mind boggling to me.
0: I mean, and and we're going to end up with a day, like no matter what, we've got a series of Daniel Warren Johnson doing Transformers, which is going to not be dry robot politics. Right. And mindless action. Like he's he's got heart behind everything he
1: does. Yep, totally. And there's some that on display here. Uh, Yeah, I hope it's more than just six issues, but I think this is just a six issue thing. So as to whether or not he does more, we'll find out in the future. But um, if you have any level of interest in the Transformers, this is... In my opinion, the best they've been in comics, and and the most exciting rendition of the franchise I've seen in many, many years. So, very. And exciting. I
0: hope it didn't sound like I was shitting on Transformers. It just no, it didn't. Took you me just by don't surprise like Terrorist,
1: evil I, terrorist robots.
0: I just don't remember the last time I actually engaged in Transformers outside of toys in a ditch.
1: You ever seen the '80s movie? Probably in the '80s. It's so fucking good. We should watch it sometime. They kill I was off I Probably just Prime. stoked
0: that the shadow is used as a voice in there.
1: Leonard Nimoy. Orson Wells. Orson Wells. Yeah. 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 All right. Excellent. All right. What, what you, was your uh, score?
0: Oh, God. You're asking me first? Yeah. I'm going to give it an eight. I'm going to give like it a it ten.
1: A <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give it a ten. A ten. Yep. Yep.
0: That is a high score,
1: buddy. I couldn't ask for something more out of a Transformers comic. Property I love, done by one of my favorite people in the entire comics industry. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: No, that's totally fair. Totally fair, bro.
1: One thing I'm incredibly interested to hear, Django, is your thoughts on Marvel Gods number one, Jonathan Hickman, Valerio Schietti, and Marti Gracia. Jeffrey. Yeah.
0: Let me tell you.
1: Yeah. I was
0: reading this right before we jumped on here to record this. Uh Uh-huh. And I got to say, my main takeaway was, is Jonathan Hickman getting a divorce?
1: Mm, I hope not. Have you Googled it?
0: No, I didn't Google it. I didn't even get to finish this before we started talking. I, I made it most of the way through. And it, it's, there's a lot of divorce stuff in here. A lot of, a lot of bitter ex-relationship stuff. And, um, yeah, I, I've been out of the Marvel universe for a little while. I yeah, don't know you, if you have, knows, been. but I haven't read yeah, a ton yeah. of Marvel. Definitely. Uh,
1: you've been Dr. You know, uh, fantastic foreign with us.
0: I've been fantastic Fouring. um, but even that feels like a little pocket of the Marvel universe right now. So I was surprised to see Dr. Strange fully back in action. And I don't know if these characters are people that I
1: should know. They're new people as far as I know.
0: Okay. So they're new people. So they're new gods that we've never met. So we're, we're meeting a new pantheon in this series is what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I liked a lot of the jokes that happened with uh, the main dude and his sidekick. Uh, The guy who's the, he's the avatar of the powers that be. Mm -hmm. Is that right? And then Mm -hmm. his wife is the Senvatar. Is that how she says it?
1: Yeah. So there is some like God hierarchy stuff here. So there's like 100 of this one type that serves behind or underneath the type that is the level that the powers that be is
0: she's the net na- she's the sentar of the natural order of things and I like yeah. the idea that he's the avatar there's only one of him representing the powers that be yeah. and she's a senvatar of the natural order of things she's one of a hundred representatives of the natural order of things right. and I like that concept quite a bit
1: and like I feel like on his level is the avatar of the natural order of things. Right. And do and we know that I, I don't I don't know that. But I, my uh, interpretation is that that's sort of how high the hierarchies are. So there's like the ma- right. powers that be the natural order of things. And then there's a 100 below them that consider that to be a god. because it's
0: that powers of ten thing that Hickman likes.
1: Yeah. And so and then she yeah, became the Simvatar. So she had to get divorced from that guy. Because it would have been a conflict of interest. Because she, that would have, she, yeah. Just another the opposite
0: side. I could also see him just setting up two groups that are kind of asymmetrical. There, mm-hmm. yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's there's this group that has an avatar, and this group that has a hundred senvitars, Probably another group that has ten decatars or something. Sure. Um, but I don't think that we really find that out in here. Yeah. As far as I could tell.
1: So that's an explanation of what it was. Did you enjoy what you read of it? Cause Jonathan Hickman is definitely take it or leave it for you. Right. And there's not a ton, yeah. not a ton that you love, right?
0: Uh, at least half. Okay. I like at least half of what he does. Okay. This okay. is, this is intriguing. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bail right away. I mean, I've, I've been reading his Marvel stuff. So I've, I read all the um, ultimate, uh, ultimate stuff that he's putting out right now. And I'll finish this and I'll read the next, the next bit. I, at this point, I have a hard time trusting him to finish a thing, which impacts my enjoyment of a, of a story because he sets up such intricate threads right. that not being confident that we're going to see things resolve properly is, um, that's a real bummer. What did what did you think? And, and what do you think of
1: that? Um, well, so definitely that concern about Jonathan Hickman, I totally understand. I do like that in his Marvel stuff, you know, he has contracts that he fills up. There's they're less likely to not be finished. Um, he didn't get to end the Kirkcoan age of X-Men, but he wasn't necessarily ever going to tell the whole thing. Uh, but certainly in his sure. independent work. So, I, you know, I'm not concerned. I about still that feel much.
0: betrayed by X-Men, though. Like, yeah,
1: yeah, I get it. Like, he,
0: he, he, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, that, I that was an unfinished story to me. And yeah. it it hurt my trust.
1: Yeah, I get that. Um, What I thought about this issue is it seems sort of like um, the cold open of a movie or something of this larger story where we got uh, an introduction of these two important characters. We got a level of investment in their relationship. Mm -hmm. And then we got kind of a day in the life of where they're at right now, framed in a way that was expository for the nature of what this story is going to be while not to me feeling like slow or slogged down as exposition so um i i think it i have to assume kind of that that's what the role of because this didn't necessarily plant any large seeds as to what this story is going to be it was more like spend Mm -hmm. time with these two characters and see the nature of the marvel universe that we're going to be dealing with Uh, over a
0: 10 year time span or whatever
1: yeah that kind of takes place and you know and and Basically, in the current day of this story, we follow him, the main character's name. I forget um, when who mm-hmm. is essentially doing a Legend of Zelda trading sequence or something where he gets an item and goes to trade with somebody, trade with somebody, trade, with somebody, trade with somebody to mm. get an item that ultimately causes uh, them to win this large battle type thing that happens. Um, and it seems as though it resolves. So, yeah, I, I loved it. It because it didn't necessarily point directly at a story that we're, you know, looking at what's going to be happening. uh, It didn't excite me on the level of maybe like the first like House of X or something where it was like, oh, this is what this story I'm excited was like. He hasn't necessarily given me the what that this is going to be about and that I'm excited about, but I am very excited about all the pieces. uh, But I'm a huge Hickman fanboy. Very, very biased, you know, probably my favorite current writer in comics. So, um, you know, A lot of trust in what his stories do and excitement, even if he's not giving it to me.
0: What do you think of seemingly immortal characters who are dipshits? Yeah. Because his sidekick is kind of a dink who never, never really says the right thing at the right time.
1: Yeah. He kind of reminds me of one of those, like it's kind of a red herring or something, you know, mm -hmm. like, but yeah, Like like a,
0: like explaining things for the reader. But we're supposed to believe that this immortal dude literally never learns to be yeah, smarter.
1: That's a good point. That's a good
0: point. Uh, not, not a deal breaker, but yeah, I, I don't know. I Hickman, man, he's, he is a, he's a hard one for me because I think he's really smart and good at dialogue and good at uh like the construction of a thing, but I don't know that he likes the, if, if I like the way he gets us from place to place or scene to scene.
1: Yeah, I, I totally get that. I totally, that. That makes sense. It tracks with our discussions over the years. I'm going to give this one a 9.5. It seems like a big celebration to me when we get a Hickman comic that is got pull in the world that it is being told in.
0: I'm going to give it a 7.5 and yeah. uh, I would like him to make me feel like a dummy for giving it a 7.5.
1: Ooh, well, he's good at making people feel like a dummy. That's for sure. Play
0: plays. Jay Hickey do Hickey.
1: Django, one of our favorite miniseries of the last year ended this week. Yeah. Kyle Starks brought the Kyle saga Starks. Peacemaker trying hard to an end. I love the way that that title was incorporated into this story. Um, <laughs> Django, a book that seems like it would have only been written for you. Dude um, stole the hearts of everyone.
0: Not very many comics make me laugh out loud, and even fewer comics make me laugh out loud at a forest porn joke. And this one had me like I missed the laughing forest porn
1: joke. Where, what was loud. That? It's near the
0: end when uh, he's got his friends over, and Dance Stroke, Death Stroke's baby clone, is watching porn in the bedroom.
1: Uh-huh.
0: and he's like these videos are amazing you really just found them in the woods
1: oh and see, peacemaker okay, okay, says yeah, yeah, it's yeah. crazy right yeah 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 well
0: yeah. yeah it's like it's like finding buried treasure
1: yeah i, th- I thought you meant like tree on tree porn
0: no haven't yeah. we talked about forest porn yeah
1: yeah, yeah. i don't know why my because brain was a thing go. when i was a kid it wasn't really for me but i do yeah, i don't think it's majestic two ladies three fellers
0: wow. yeah that 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 page made me laugh really hard because it always surprises me that other people have found forest porn, although I don't know why it should, because I can't be the only one who was that lucky when he was 12 or whatever.
1: That's so incredible. It's so weird. It's so incredible.
0: Uh, You said that something in here made you laugh out loud, or maybe you just said that you really like the the uh, soliloquy by. Yeah, Richard, Richard.
1: Yeah, uh, that was really good. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, so they kill the red bee, Richard, and I just thought that the way that they gave him this wonderful dialogue at the end, kind of understanding and sympathizing with Peacemaker and making him a likable character, and the fact that he, the Richard, saw that in him, it was just incredibly sweet, and just the way that he was like Peacemaker, like I know you try hard. And it was just like, yeah, he does try hard. Like it, it made him a sympathetic character instead of just being a bumbling sh- shitty guy, which he then goes on to be immediately after. But um, yeah, it's that <laughs> kind of heart that Kyle Starks puts into things that uh, makes, makes his books highly enjoyable to read while also yeah. hilarious. And then you just get this wonderful moment of them all being buddies at the end, which was cool.
0: And then like Peacemaker having a drink with his bees. Afterwards, just like opening a beer and letting the bees drink his beer and and kind of doing a a eulogy, I thought was really good.
1: Yeah. And he gets Bruce Wayne back, which is great. Yeah. It's he's so good at like zany groups of people. And this allowed him to do that really, really well. You know, especially in these last several pages, you know, them like the Suicide Squad and him. It's just it's joyful to read him doing this. I hate seeing Amanda Waller and the suicide squad come up and things peacemaker as well. But if Kyle Starks is doing it, I will be very happy about it.
0: Yeah. And I really like the, the wrap up with the demolition team where they're just kind of highlighted again for being dipshits who, who I forgot get who confused they were. about like idioms. The lady's like, we're going to unleash a stream of violence right up his butthole. Right guys. And then all the guys on the team are like, like actually his butthole. I'm kind of right. confused about what we're, what we're supposed to be doing. Like,
1: were they earlier know, in the series true, as well?
0: Yeah, um, okay. they him and him and the Red B beat them up like really easily, and and killed a couple of them in one of the one of the, like the secret hideout invasions nice. that they did. Yeah, um, so I'm is, curious like, a revenge attack.
1: Curious on the, your score for this issue and the miniseries as a whole. <sighs>
0: I'd give this issue an eight and I would give the series a nine. This this was not my favorite issue of the series. I thought it ended a little bit abruptly. And other than the forest porn, there were no surprises.
1: <laughs> forest porn is always a surprise. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give this issue a nine. And I'm also going to give the mini series a nine. And it will be a thing that I recommend once it's a collection to people often. And yeah. I think is is a fantastic holiday gift. I hope they have the collection out before Christmas.
0: Oh, yeah fingers crossed hopefully it's not a hardcover too
1: yeah although I wouldn't mind that um
0: yeah the Kyle Starks any day Steve Pugh any day the art
1: was spectacular and um not showy so easily easily overlooked or undervalued and it's the perfect tone in this story and he's he's incredible on it yeah yeah
0: um okay Peacemaker tries hard hardcover Jeffrey okay uh let's see if we've got a we got a release date for this guy it is dot 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 february 6th right on
1: nice sweet guys thank you um django can you tell me about a book that i probably didn't read
0: yeah um i'll bet that you jeff didn't read a book called ribbon queen number three
1: I did take one home to read because I'm oh. current on it, but I, I you should uh, didn't get it in time. We're recording this keep, episode early this week, folks.
0: Keep reading it, Jeff. It's good. It's, OK, it's more of that, like that Garth Ennis thing that he does where you're not. You have to be kind of careful when you read it, because there's a lot of, I think, vocal nuance that's happening in his head when he right. writes it. And right. so you have to be careful to figure out exactly what people are saying um, and how they're saying it. Uh, but this just kind of brings us deeper down this rabbit hole. This kind of reminds me of um, like a, like a true detective. If the supernatural bits were not in
1: his brain. I wish that that was how true detective went.
0: Oh, I love that. It wasn't, but I also love
1: that this is,
0: and uh, this, this gives us a little more history of the detective and shows her uh, willingness and ability to confront the supernatural stuff in a really grounded, um, non-supernatural way. Um, she, she manages to get the suspect out in the open in a, in a way that uh, serves her in a couple of different uh, perspectives. And then uh, some of her friends kind of start feeling the fallout of her chasing this thing down and there's just like, there's an amazing gory shot of Ooh, like, ribbons. A, like a bathroom with these two bodies that have just been torn apart.
1: That's and, good. Jason Burroughs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like this guy's art and it should go without saying that I really like this guy's writing and uh, yeah, ribbon queen is uh, it's good. It's only three issues in probably not too late to pick it up and, and catch up. If you need some good horror in horror,
1: horror, 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 Hey, Django, uh, in the chaos of last week and me having to record on my phone and all that jazz, I didn't uh, check my email. And we had an email oh. from one Craig mumu Mueller, one of Ooh, my favorite nice. people that comes into the shop. Uh, so I'm an give absolute Queen sweetheart. And oh, I'm so sorry, dude.
0: Oh, it's, it's fine. It's That's fine. I, I forgot to say it. I forgot to say it.
1: No, I cut you off.
0: No, I like being stepped on, Jeff. It turns me on. It makes me horn. <laughs>
1: Um, so, uh, Craig Mimu, thank you for this email a week ago. I'm going to read it on the podcast now, uh, from Craig. Do it in his voice. No, uh, don't. That might seem weird. Recently, I spent some time exploring podcast options on Spotify, giving some serious thought to what I want to listen to when alone. See, I'm about to walk 150 miles through Portugal and Spain on the Portuguese Camino. And I, that's a reason
0: to get on Facebook, Jeff, watch him in
1: in person, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would like to watch it unfold. It's been cool. And I, is he there now? Oh man. And I needed to load hundred and fifty miles worth of thought provoking entertainment on my phone to keep me grooving. I've got one I've I've got ones on astronomy, travel, current events, and at top of my list, catching up on the perfectly acceptable podcast. The usual voices in my head will be kept company by the antics of Jeff Django in Rome, and Roman. You are among Anthony Bourdain and Neil deGrasse Tyson, as at least in my book. Speaking of books, what would be your pick for a single graphic novel, perfect for travel, lightweight, and worth being schlepped on your back for several weeks? You only, your only reading material. Craig, currently listening from another continent. Mueller, oh mew mew. Jesus, we're we're
0: international now, Jeff. That's we're
1: you, buddy. Thank you for bringing us to Portugal. Um, wow. Uh, they speak Portuguese in Portugal. They do. Anthony Bourdain is awesome. Um. Django what is your travel book what is like your a, one like a lightweight
0: travel book that like is meaty your... enough to
1: last you for a couple weeks one trade paperback yeah last you for a couple weeks in a variety of capacities either because it's super dense or because the story exists in a way where you can reread it or get a lot out of it
0: man it I mean you know what it is no I don't is it watchman
1: oh it's mine was day tripper as well
0: I mean yeah Watchmen was the only other choice that I had but that's that's 12 fat issues and I don't think they've printed it on shitty enough paper to put in a backpack.
1: Yeah, Day Tripper because Tripper on shitty paper. <laughs> you can it's it's <laughs> dense, it's small, um it's on shitty paper. You can give it to somebody when you're done, but I think each issue it's a great story to read, but there's just like different moments that you can revisit and get something different out of even if you're reading it days apart. Um, I think the like standalone nature of those issues and how much you can get from them really benefits that type of uh, schlepping.
0: I mean, I think you could almost read it two times on a trip like that before you gave it away to somebody else. Yeah. You know, like like just juice as much as you can out of it. Um, yeah, I mean, outside of that, you know, if you wanted something that's kind of slow paced and um, an interesting read V for Vendetta wouldn't be bad
1: yeah
0: um because that's that's not a fast book and like i was like thinking you said, from Watchmen hell
1: amazing
0: yeah from hell would be great it's a cause it's like, a big boy though
1: yeah it is it's a little bit bigger yeah for sure but it's just Promethea. something I, I would never have the time to sit down and read in my normal life so yeah um I feel and like it's I got really, a lot of
0: handwritten pages by alan
1: moore so yeah yeah that would that would be up there i mean Watchmen would be way up there for me too because there's so much to get out of it infinitely so um, yeah,
0: I've got, like, I feel like I've read Watchmen a bunch of times and I've done a lot of research and I, I li- I've, I've engaged in a lot of media talking about Watchmen. And every once in a while, I still have somebody point something out like, oh, there's a smiley face hidden in this panel configuration a, and stuff like that. A clock
1: hidden in these shadows. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah I, I never knew that we were supposed to look for clocks in that series. Yeah. There that's, they are.
1: That's, that's a good answer. Okay. Okay. All right. Django, are you reading Birds of Prey?
0: No, but uh, listen, you did me the courtesy of uh, listening while I talked about Ribbon Queen. So I want to hear about Birds of Prey number two by Kelly Thompson
1: and Leonardo Romero. Uh, Leo Romo. Yeah, I like Kelly Thompson a lot. Um, Yeah, I really like the art in this book. I'd be very interested to have you tell me what you think is happening with this kind of unique feature that's, happening with this art it almost looks i'm not sure if you're aware of like the kind of aesthetic vapor wave which is sort of like hmm. you know warped vhs's and like sun okay. faded things and like kind of you know 90s macintosh ads and okay. uh, there's like this sort of washed nature to this art in here that is clearly intentionally done but it sort of gives it this um sun faded pop alt art look that is really, really cool. Um, just very aesthetically pleasing to look at. And mm-hmm. I yeah, uh, the art is is probably the biggest draw to me f- for this book. But I really like the characters in the cast that they've got. And I think Kelly Thompson is doing a great job with the voices. Uh, Black Canary's sister has been kidnapped for some reason on Themyscira and is being you know, maybe going to be tortured or something by the Amazon. So they have to sneak on to Themyscira to rescue her. And it's her Black Canary, Big Barda, Harley Quinn, Cassandra Kane, and uh somebody from Wildcats or Wildstorm or some Marie, No, that's, um, that's
0: a Wildcats character.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So whatever her name is, I have no familiarity with that character, but like Shiva or something like that, but, or no, I don't think it's Shiva. Xana. is. Her.
0: I was I was gonna look at the solicitation and tell you, but it literally says redacted over every character's name.
1: Nice. Um. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's just a good. It's got some funny bits. Harley Quinn is very tolerable in it. It's kind of like when Deadpool was, was used in Uncanny X Force or something. Um. When you know when she's sprinkled, it, I think she's really delightful, and I like the voice that they're using for her here. Big Bart is awesome. I will always love her. There's like again some really nice splash pages of art, and uh, Harley Quinn is arranged with King Shark to. I think smuggle the group of them onto Themyscira inside the belly of a shark, perhaps. And Big Bard isn't a piece cool. so that's good. Um, it's, it's really delightful. It's very delightful, Django. Um, I would, I would highly recommend it. I'm going to give it an 8.5 and, and yeah, Kelly Thompson, Leonardo Romero, really, really great duo. Django, are you worried about Batman? You know,
0: Batman's being an asshole. And I hope he it's a hand being... I hope it's that fake hand controlling him, because he's hashtag not being my Batman, bro. Oh, you mean like he's the black glove? No, he has that fake hand that he got on his oh. trip through time a little while ago. And they, they focus on it in weird times in this series. And that's Okay. That's that's why I'm hoping that he's He's kind of being poisoned by this hand.
1: When you said to me, do you think it's the hand? I thought you were talking about sort of like the DC equivalent of the hand, like the assassin group or the ninjas or something. But yeah, this like, yeah, you're right. There are some very hand forward moments throughout this.
0: And he just feels like he's being even more absolutist than Batman usually is, which is, I don't know. I, I feel like Chip Zdarsky would know Batman better than that. Mhm. And also maybe I just forgive Batman cuz I like Batman a lot.
1: But he's kind um, of losing it in this. He's an
0: asshole. And he's, he's an... an asshole to his kids and
1: Yeah. Yeah, he <sighs> so yeah, Catwoman has got all the other heroes of Batman's world in Gotham allowing criminals to be like trained as long as they're stealing from rich people and so they're like encouraging crime, which when you say it, it's just also stupid. Like, I got I don't
0: It's pretty comic booky.
1: It's pretty comic booky and just very like no, these superheroes wouldn't do that like that. I just that's whatever. Um, but what we learn in this is that Catwoman's right hand lady is Scandal Savage, Vandal Savage's daughter, <laughs> and
0: uh, you know I have part. a you have no, I have another kid named Bango huh.
1: Bango Bango Boring um, and. <laughs> Vandal is trying to reunite all of the stones of the meteorite that gave him immortality that like powers the Lazarus pits and the immortal man and where he got his immortality. And it it seems like there's portions of it in Gotham and they're using this like group of thieves that Catwoman is training to go out and find these stones for them. So they'll have immortality or something. Um, I liked this issue a lot. I love the dialogue and the characters, and I love the way that Chip Zdarsky writes them. I don't like the overall conceit of this Gotham War thing, but if it's happening, you know, there's still it's very easy to enjoy portions of it. And this issue had a lot of that. Although, you know, something has just happened with Jason Todd. that will probably happen in the second issue of that miniseries. But yeah, like Shane was saying, he's being very, Batman's being very absolutist and dickish. And he's basically like instilled fear into Jason or taken away his confidence or something. But now he's like neutered him.
0: He poisoned Jason with a variant of the fear gas so that whenever okay. his adrenaline gets too high, he's crippled by fear.
1: That's insane.
0: It's super insane.
1: I didn't actually grok that part. I didn't realize they did. They, they yeah. really explained what's going on, on there.
0: And between that and a breaking Dick's Billy club and B just punching the fuck out of him. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's R. It, it yeah, they're seems, definitely planting the
1: idea that it's so Zirin. far beyond. Yeah. I also didn't the, the depth of the symbolic nature of him breaking his baton is, is kind of heavy. And yeah. he broke it using his robot hand. You're right. That he
0: got from either. Was it Batman Beyond or from Dark Knight Returns Batman? on his And it's the time. fist
1: that he uses to punch Tim. Yeah. Like yeah, there's boy. some very hand forward stuff. You're right, Django. I bet it has something to do with that hand because he, they're planting the seed of it being Zurinar, like that. Dialogue box is showing up within this. Like, there's definitely something not totally above board with Batman going on, but I hope it's the hand. I bet it is the hand. He's like keeping a secret, and you're right, Django. Great catch.
0: Because also, mathematically, like Batman, it turns out Batman's right, and Catwoman's accidentally training the League of Assassins, right? But also, the thing that she's done has reduced crime in Gotham and reduced deaths in Gotham. So right. like Bruce should be able to see that if he's not too exhausted or, or being manipulated either by yeah. his own brain or by the, by the whatever technology is inside of him now.
1: Yeah. Um, are you, are you going to read like, are you reading the Catwoman side of this at all?
0: Uh, yeah, I think I read the Catwoman issue and I, I read the Red Hood issue. I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm curious about it. I think I like the setup more than you like the setup yeah and i think that you like the execution more than i like the execution um so i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna read it because it's kind of pissing me off and i think that some if 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 these children's characters that we love so much can make you mad uh you shouldn't quit you should read to find out what they're doing because that's an effective story and i respect that a lot
1: yeah yeah i'm tempted to read the next issue of catwoman because it's mostly looks like conversation based between Batman and Catwoman. So I am always into that, though I'm not a fan of teeny Howard's writing. I'm going to give this issue an 8.5. I don't love the conceit, but I, I, like you said, very, very much like the execution.
0: I'm going to give it an eight and I'm probably not docking it for the reason you think I'm docking it. I also
1: you dock things. I
0: don't fucking like Lazarus stuff, man. I, I, I hate the idea that the Lazarus meteor landed and Vandal Savage has had it so minus minus a point for that and minus another point for his daughter's name being scandal i think that's stupid
1: i would like to learn more about the meteorite and where it came from and that planet and stuff is that a story that's been told
0: i don't know i assumed it was something from the lazarus planet that we just read that i really was mad about and didn't care about but Mm -hmm. did did you see like that first page of this issue i i guess that that's vandal savage killing his first person so it's like a Cain and Abel story but I kind of thought that we'd seen that in the Grant Morrison
1: storyline I don't know well this, this would be before that because he was already immortal was he already old in that yeah his tribe shows up and kills another tribe
0: but I thought that we'd seen Vandal Savage kill his first person in that for some reason
1: maybe maybe I'm just yeah, you might be right, or that might be a like final something. crisis or something. But
0: yeah, I, th- I thought there was a Grant Morrison story that showed Vandal Savage being Cain to someone else's Abel, and this contradicts that. But also, huh. the rest of the R stuff seems to honor Grant Morrison's story. So I I could totally be wrong and and in just inventing all that. Um, but I, I like the idea of him not having a, a scientific a, a DC universe scientific reason
1: for being immortal. Yeah, that, that is kind of fun. I kind of think I prefer a reason, but I do think it's kind of fun to not have one for him. Django, what what do you think of... Did you give that a score? Uh, 8.0. 8. Um, What did you think of the third issue of Sacrificers?
0: Man, we talked about this, Jeff. Don't you remember? I don't oh, were we doing this for the other
1: people? I don't feel like you had read it yet. I hadn't. Okay.
0: Um, I liked it more than I think you did. Uh-huh. Based on our conversation from before um the politics is really really dry and and takes me a long time to get through yeah like the the gods that represent different elements
1: solar and lunar deities and stuff and elements yeah
0: solar lunar rot like
1: yeah yeah
0: i i, I and, and some of it is a little too subtle for me and some of it's too heavy-handed for me that that part didn't super land but um, the, the stuff with the kids who are the sacrificers, um, and we find out whether they're actually being sacrificed or just being, um, you know, tricked into thinking that they're going to be sacrificed. I thought that that was, um, an interesting twist. And, uh, if I had to make a prediction, spoiler alert, I think that two of them are still alive and we're going to see their story continue. I think, I think the whale girl, isn't actually dead, Jeff, and I think that the the pigeon never yeah. even got brought to the place. So I think that they're going to no, no, no. I, I definitely know the other pigeons. And, and I definitely know the
1: pigeon's alive, and I I suspect because yeah, the whale lady threw threw them off at the end there, and she yeah, yeah. we see her escape. Um,
0: well, we see her get thrown into a pit. Uh, they they just focused on her more than more than oh anybody else. yeah, I guess I
1: I thought that she was jumping down like a vat or a, a grate or something and escaping, but yeah, you're right. Like um, she might
0: keep her brain in her chest or something
1: yeah oh yeah you're right I bet whales have their brain somewhere else um yeah i very much agree with which parts of this story i'm interested in i very much like the group of kids and don't too much care for all the like deities and mm-hmm. um avatars and stuff uh i i because I enjoyed spending time with the kids in this book, I was not pumped that they killed a bunch of them off and like they actually were being sacrificed because I'd really liked the twist in the second issue where it's like, oh, you're here now and everything's good. I was like, oh, right. cool. I love that deception and like, OK, what are these gods doing and why are they hiding what they actually do from the, everybody else? Um and it went back to this, like, slightly more on the surface thing. It's but Rick Remender, dude. It's Rick Remender. I know. I was thinking about that while I was reviewing the book today. I was like, why did I think that the people in power were not going to be monsters? Like, that's, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's what yeah. Remender does. So uh, it's, in, it's in lockstep with his type of story. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely keep reading it. I like the art. Yeah. Uh, no complaints for me, for sure. Um, I, I like the story. I like the characters.
0: The art's just so good, too. The art's,
1: arts really I'm, good. I, I mean, hooked. I like the kids' characters more. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what he does with these deity characters, but it could also be not that interesting.
0: I'm probably not going to rethink reading this until another three or four issues. Like,
1: you I, just I'm am. usually issue to issue
0: ready to dip out on his books. And the, yeah. this has me, I'm, I'm curious enough to read another few issues before I, before I reevaluate.
1: I know there's a couple of books I read that we sold out of at the shop that I don't have, and I'm kind of forgetting. Um, but well, I know uh, first,
0: first, what kind of score would you give? Sa- Sa- the S-, S apostrophe Fisers, the Fisers. Um, I'm going to give three? it
1: an eight. I give it
0: a seven and a half.
1: Yeah. Seven and a half or eight. I was in that either spot i don't know if i was able to go down to a seven but the the parts that are a slog are pretty sloggy yeah agreed agreed and
0: i don't even know if they would if they would grab me if they weren't comic books you know
1: yeah like like,
0: sometimes comic book scenes don't work for me like are you watching um are you watching foundation on apple no
1: no it's fucking good I like Isaac Asimov.
0: It's Isaac Asimov, and it's uh, that that actor dude that we love, and uh, like, Lee Pace is in it. Man, he's got the best name in the world, and he plays an emperor who's like a clone of a clone of a clone of a clone. Is of that clone. the guy that we love? I love his name. Um, the The guy that I love was uh, he was the weird doctor in Fringe. I can't remember his name, but he's he's just like this middle aged dude who's. Hands down one of the best working actors right now. Hmm. Um, and he 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 usually plays like a dubious good guy or a dubious bad guy and he straddles that line so well. And between him and Lee Pace, and me getting to just say Lee Pace every time he comes on
1: screen. Makes me think about salsa.
0: Yeah, same kind of thing.
1: Same kind of thing for same sure. Same kind of
0: thing. Lee Pace Salsa. Yeah. Like if I if I could arrange my family history to have named my child Lee Pace, I think it would have been worth it.
1: Yeah, for sure. If you're going to time travel, that's the kind of thing you want to use it for. Yeah. Uh, Django, I went and for the second time this week, saw at Regal, talking heads stopped making sense. Is
0: that the one with the big suit?
1: Yeah, big suit. Do they
0: explain that? Or does no, it just one of those things that doesn't make sense?
1: He just wanted to appear small. He wanted to appear like he had a small head. So the easiest way hmm. to do that was to increase the size of his body.
2: Okay. All right
1: yeah so i'm getting pretty into the talking heads over here i went apropos of nothing i've never really listened to them much i just it's talked about as one of the greatest concert films of all time so i had to go check it out and it didn't disappoint
0: i'm I'm curious about it um, it's just me and one other guy to go see it
1: me and one other guy in the theater today and i just Did you guys like, sit next to each other no i was three rows behind him and i was just dancing the whole time nice yeah nice uh
0: well do you want to talk about Fantastic Four number twelve?
1: You mean Fantastic Dinophores? Ugh, yeah. Did you like this one? Uh less than the others. Okay. And first, first one for me in that boat, too. Yeah. I, I this series has had other artists I prefer. Um yeah. You got a lot more of that weird volleyball thing head that's just resting on his body in this. Like mm-hmm. no neck, no musculature at all. Uh this one. I was kind of hoping as it was going that it was going to wrap within one issue and i was kind of like oh i don't think it's it seems like it's maybe going to be two so it is going to be a second issue the cliffhanger is pretty awesome essentially there is uh a rift in time and space the fantastic four stumbles upon and they go to this planet and it's essentially the exactly exact same as ours in every way every th- same thing has happened up until you know, the recent kids taking off with the exception that instead of people, everyone is a dinosaur instead. <laughs> and they went over th- into this rift and took the place of the dinosaur fantastic four, who was sent to our reality because everything is so similar that they found themselves at the same point in time at the exact same time. And the cliffhanger is like a super evil Dr. Doom Tyrannosaurus showing up. So I'm very on board for that. Ryan North got his start in comics, doing that web comic dinosaur comics for a long time. So dinosaurs mm-hmm. are his thing. Yep. But you know, it was a little zany. It was a little silly zany. Uh, it, it didn't necessarily root itself in the like real scientific stuff. That's been so interesting with this series so far. Um, in I mean, the body it, it got
0: around to trying.
1: Yeah. And like the explanation for like how this reality could be overlapping with ours and stuff is I like, Oh yeah, you're right. Is that an homage to the Wolverine transverse Rex?
0: I don't know. It looks a little bit like the old old man, Logan Ven- yeah. venom, Rex. Yeah, you're it's right. in there, but also it's just a Tyrannosaurus Rex coming at you. So great
1: <laughs> character design for the Doom Rex. Yeah, that's great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I really like this series. I really struggled to make it through this issue. Um, the thing that I'll give Ryan North credit for is right about three pages after I thought wait a minute, why the fuck are these dinosaurs having the same relationships and the same troubles? Basically, is the main Marvel universe that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Then he explains it through Reed, um, so like it, it's a little klugy, but I, I thought that the timing of the explanation was pretty well done.
1: And I'm I the stupidity of that I love like it's very comic booky. A sequence yeah. that I thought was fantastic was read using tech to slowly decipher and get on the same language wavelength as theirs. And so it's all these like symbols and then like words starting to come through that would be very much rooted in trying to decipher a language. So it's not like, it's like, database weird symbol big slash large you know symbol 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 no symbol yet slash soon like all these ways you're like okay this makes sense in a problem solving way the way that this and like you know they became more frequent until they got like that was just brilliant to me like ryan North is so intelligent and i i think it's awesome if he wants to lean on an arc for this dinosaur thing that he loves and is close to his heart um I'll, i'll i'll take that it's 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 in the lower three issues of the series for me. But mm-hmm. that said, we are issue 12. So that's a lot of good issues. And I'm just sort of like, this cover is great. The next cover is even better. I just love that Alex Ross is clearly still a working everyday artist. Like he's doing a cover of Fantastic Four a month as well as other stuff. How cool mm-hmm. to get to be at that spot in the industry where you can just be doing covers. Probably Scratch is a very different itch, but I bet it's financially way more uh, cost benefit looker.
0: iconic covers. Like he yeah. rarely does one that, that doesn't deserve a poster. Yeah. But whether, whether you like his style or his color palette or whatever, his, yeah. like it's undeniably good and iconic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. Um. So he's good for him. So then yeah. what do you give this issue?
0: I give it a seven and I do that kind of with, uh, a heavy heart because I, I think it's better than that. I think it just didn't work for me for whatever reason. I don't. I don't believe that a Tyrannosaurus Rex could make a costume like that.
1: I love the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Sh- I mean, I love the ridiculous nature of it in that regard. I mean, that, yeah, that part's it, stupid. It's like just it, it is just, stupid.
0: Like they make a big deal out of how all these characters are basically in the same place that they are in the human world, but then they also make a big deal out of the fact that um some of them are too big to ride the bus or live in normal buildings yeah so like how how do you go through a world that ends up in the same place it it, it was just like
1: there's not a lot of internal one variable too
0: far for me to yeah, yeah it, it didn't follow its own rules um yeah. and that's whatever it's comics but that's that's uh that's a rule break too far for me to give it a uh, an eight even
1: i'm in the 7.5 to eight range i'll go 7.5 um It's, it's good.
0: Like I would hand this comic to any kid. Yeah. I would hand any issue of this comic to any kid, any adult too, because they're like the science and the, like the imaginativeness of the whole thing. Like this is an experiment that didn't work for me, but I think it's a wonderful comic.
1: I also like that Like dinosaur. Franklin is like, Oh, you got to ask human Franklin if he's told everyone his secret yet. Uh, What do you think his secret is? (sighs) I don't know. Is he, like it's,
0: is, does, did he get his powers back, or is he gay? Like those are the I, two choices. To me,
1: it was gay, or um, he is a mutant and he like hid that truth from Charles Xavier uh, or something. I, it might, I think it might yeah. have something to do with the mutant power or the coming out thing. I hope it's not the coming out thing. Not that I have any problem, frankly, being gay, but I don't like that sort of like. Has he told you yet? I don't. I don't like the like we know and we're telling you the way that like Bobby from. X Men was outed by somebody from the future, being like, "Oh, you're gay," and him being like, "No, I'm not. I don't even realize that yet. Like, yeah, like I realize this about you, but you don't realize that. I don't like that nature of a thing." So, yeah,
0: because the big difference in their lives is that those kids didn't get sent away like these kids did.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah,
0: I mean, either way, he's it's it's pretty similar to being outed, right? Yeah, yeah. You're a mutant or you're gay. Like that's that's a pretty close parallel in the Marvel universe. That said, both uh, of them are shitty
1: the best friend relationship he had to, with to have the done to you ailing alien in the Hickman run I would love if they had a relationship that'd be adorable so um yeah. you know whatever but yeah curious what that secrets gonna be but yeah um there was a couple other comics I read that I don't have with me tonight so I don't remember what they are Django if I don't like it we
0: talked about almost everything I I read this week. I read the Enfield Gang Massacre number three. And that was Ashton Lucaris has solid. a letter
1: in there. I have I uh, I actually brought a second printing of issue number one home, so I haven't read that yet. But no, it's, it's definitely in my bag to read right here.
0: I think number one, two, three would be better than reading number one, then number two, then number three. Yeah, um, I I had kind of lost the thread a little bit by the time. No, I. Know,
1: yeah, I remember loving issue 2 but I don't remember the thread of the story at all. So. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um I have I have a message from somebody that we like. Oh. Um what, do you want
1: to do you want to hear it? Oh, more than anything in the world, my friend.
0: All right. Well, let's uh I'm going to stop your sound share and I'm going to start my sound share and we're going to Please gonna, do. We're going to listen to this uh this message that we got.
1: I can't hear it. Hmm. Did you go into oh, Zoom?
3: Oh, gum. Hey, fellas, it's everyone's 18th favorite Canadian, Brian Garside, and I'm here to chew bubblegum and defend my good name. I love Brian. And I am all out of bubblegum. Oh, he's... Let me just say, the creator wasn't a bad film. (laughs) Don't get me wrong, the effects were top-notch. It felt like Rogue One. It actually probably even as much felt like Gareth Edwards' super underrated Monsters movie, which is amazing if you've never checked it out. The Kid... Was superb that movie hinged on Madeline Univoyals being good and they knocked it out of the park at nine years old. My goodness, like a kid is either you know Haley Joel Osment or Jake Lloyd, and this <laughs> one was definitely more on the Haley Joel Osment spectrum of definitely. things. John David Washington, well, he's no Denzel but Allison Janney's great. Ken Watanabe, he could read a phone book and I'd be entertained. Every single dollar of the $80 million budget was on screen. But that final act was just a bunch of explody boom boom nonsense. And yeah. I found it exhausting, honestly. I just wanted so much more for the end. And the part that actually interests me is what happened after all the things go boom. And unfortunately, we'll probably never get to see that. And man, was the Americans are the colonizers and possibly the enemy theme. Pretty, 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 pretty blatant. Ask me, I would say that they are really going for the overseas market with this one. Like I said, I enjoyed it. I just thought that the last third kind of didn't do what I was hoping it would, but maybe that's just on me. Anyway, fellas, I'm glad we had this chat. I'm glad I was able to save my own good name and uh, hopefully. We'll talk again real soon. Actually, Django, I'll see you next week. Yeah, bum, will. Bum, bum.
1: <laughs> I wish I was getting to see Brian Garside next week. Yeah, I I agree very much with Brian's uh, assessment of the creator. I, I I think I probably liked the final third more than he did, but it sounds like but um yeah, my but I also my expectations were pretty low going in.
0: I think so. Before the final third, I decided that I loved the movie Mm -hmm. and it could do no wrong for me at that point.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good spot, too. And I did like the. I think you're totally right. Going for the overseas market, because that type of science fiction, large sci fi movie uh, is is generally pretty good overseas and portraying the Americans. The enemy is not only marketable, but pretty right on the money
0: pretty true did you did you hear how they filmed it like it it had a pretty low budget for as big as it is and as big right. as it feels so instead of doing a bunch of cg they sent small crews to the locations they had like 80 locations in that movie uh-huh. and so they would send like four or five people a couple people with cameras a couple people with lights and an actor to go do the thing in the location where the, the setup was so small, they didn't even have people coming over to see what was going on. They were just filming on active beaches in other countries
1: and stuff. I, I also heard that for the extras, they didn't tell the extras whether or not they were people or robots, which I think is very oh, cool, cool and in line with the movie. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thought provoking. Good film. Good film. Sounds like Brian also thinks it's a good film. Yeah. Um, on that note, you can be like Craig and Will and send us an email or voicemail, and Brian as well. We love it, like truly Dude, love we're it. Swimming and communication swimming in today. Yeah, I'm feeling very fat off the land, married, and emails. Um, <laughs> so you can do that as well by sending an email to Jeff at thecomicsplace dot com. Uh, Mom, you want to make sure you know what my favorite sexual position is. Jeff at the dot You already told him last week, Bud. I did. You're right. Um, but aside from that, I don't, I don't got anything. I think Jane and I are going to head out of here. The um, it'll, I don't know what's going to happen for next week's podcast, actually, because I'm out of town for my yeah. mini honeymoon and Django's at New York Comic-Con. So there's actually a good chance. There's not going to be an episode next week, unless somebody wants to do it. So maybe we'll send out some feelers for that, but you might be without us next week.
0: Yeah, you'll live. You've you'll done live. it before. You've done it before recently. Read extra comics that week. Yeah. Um, read them for right. us.
1: Yeah. All right. Hey, Django. I'll see you tomorrow for our presentation.
0: Yeah, that sounds good, buddy. Um, I'll see you tomorrow for our presentation.
1: I love it. See you then. Bye. Bye. We can't start. We can't start. You're right.